Well, this, this service is going to be more about Jesus in every possible way. Uh, that's the subject, really, of, of this sermon. And so I'd like to just start with a prayer and ask God to seal this message. Would you bow your head? Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we ask you that the message that we deliver today be inspired by the Holy Spirit, Lord. You bring it, you deliver it, not a man, but you do it, Lord, and touch our hearts so that the message resonates, that we leave here empowered to change our lives in every possible way in accordance with your will. Father, we put all of this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, and so uh, the subject of this sermon is understanding and emulating the character traits of Jesus. And I thought, what would be a perfect sermon to start the new year? Um, and, you know, we all make New Year's resolutions, right? Uh, and I don't know about you, but typically within an hour or two, I've broken them. Um, you know, I'm going to be thinner. Uh, I'm going to eat better. And the problem is you actually have to go to a gymnasium in order to do that. Uh, and so they usually doomed to fail. But the thing that I've learned and as I've studied God's word is that really the difference between those resolutions and the resolutions and commitments that we make tonight, they're totally different because we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Okay? And so you who have been saved have been sealed with the Spirit of God. Uh, and that means that he is empowering you to walk with him, to live up to the commitments that we want to talk about, to change our lives, to make our lives more impactful uh, to this world. And so, yes, within our own human limitations, uh, our typical New Year's resolutions are doomed to fail. But these are different. These, these promises that we make to God and these commitments that we make to God are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so uh, my hope is that each of us today will take this message to heart. It is a two-part message in which I'm going to talk about the characteristics of Jesus and hopefully that you can bring those characteristics into your life. What a wonderful place this would be in this church if all of us would, would adopt the character of Jesus Christ in every way. Can you imagine what God would do with this church in this world, how, how incredible it would be? And so that's the message today. That's the hope and promise that we ask for in every way as we begin to break this down. And so for purposes of this message, uh, I am breaking down the character traits of the Lord into 10 factors. They're not meant to be mutually exclusive. Uh, rather, through the uh, impact of the Holy Spirit, we are seeking to emulate the character of Christ. And so if you would look up on the board, I'd like you to look at the first slide that I have uh, relating to Galatians, because this explains effectively what the fruit of the Spirit is. When you were sealed with the Holy Spirit, God embedded within you the fruit of the Spirit. And I want you to, to study this so that you have a better understanding of this. In Galatians 5, 22 to 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What a list. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And so that's what you have within your heart. When you became a Christian, God sealed you and gave you the fruit of the Spirit. And it's a singular fruit. It's not plural. It's all tied in together. And as you walk with the Lord, 
and allow the Holy Spirit to, to rise in your heart, more and more of the fruit will be revealed. And so why this is important, it's because of the nature of this fruit that we can have a message tonight, the kind of which I'm going to deliver, in which I'm empowering you and asking you to adopt the characteristics of Jesus Christ. I can say this to you because you have the fruit within your body inspired by the Holy Spirit to do this. This is not human power, has nothing to do with your human ability, but instead it has everything to do with the power and message of God. And so here we see that the Holy Spirit develops love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. And so the apostle, when he wrote this, distinguished between the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. The works of the flesh have everything to do with your own empowerment. And that's why we fail. But the fruit of the Spirit has everything to do with God. And so once you're sealed with the Holy Spirit, as you are, when you came to faith, you now have, in fact, all of the empowerment from God to live like this. And so we see this in verse 24, that, that those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their passions and crucified them there to the cross. We are different. When we were saved, we gave up the life that we have, and we now walk in newness of spirit with God. Uh, and so as we nail the old corrupt nature to the cross, it doesn't mean that we still don't have episodes where we walk in our flesh. Of course you do. Every day of your life, you're going to have that. But as you increasingly look at the cross and walk to the cross, your lives will be changed. Your lives will be empowered. And so Jesus exhibited this fruit every day of his life. Uh, wherever he walked, whatever he came into contact with, Jesus represented the kind of life that no one in this world had ever seen before. And so let us look in this message today at five characteristics that the Lord has revealed to us. And let's study them and let's make a commitment that we begin to adopt these. First, Jesus was compassionate. And we have a slide that, that puts that up there. He never looked away from the people. In fact, he was drawn to the people. The more he saw people hurting and suffering, Jesus came to them and tried to change their lives and lift them up. Look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Have you ever felt like sheep without a shepherd? That's how the Lord looked at that world back then. They didn't understand what God had done for them. They were like sheep without a shepherd. And his heart was broken for them. And so that's how God looks uh, at us and, and the compassion that he has. Look, for some people, they needed physical healing. For other people, they needed a spiritual touch. Uh, God sees all of our needs, and he knows exactly what we need. I have a slide up here from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, that great German theologian, which I want to reference because I think it's so appropriate to the subject today. Bonhoeffer said, we must learn to regard people less in the light of what they do or omit to do and more in the light of what they suffer. Amen? That's the call of God on your life, that you're to look for the world where there's suffering, where there's pain, where people need help, and you're meant to go and embrace them and infirm them and lift them up and make a difference in their lives. That's what Jesus did. 
And don't sit there and judge them about what they did or omitted to do and in some sense why they're in the pain that they are. That's God's job. God is the judge. He didn't call you to be the judge. He called you to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. And so that's one of the things why you need to adopt the characteristic of being compassionate in every way. And so you understand how God also wants you to live. Uh, looking also at Mark 6, 34, I don't have a slide on that, but when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because, again, they were like sheep without a shepherd. He began teaching them many things. And so that's how God was. He had a heart for those who needed help. He had compassion. When he saw pain, he walked toward it. When he saw need, he walked toward it. And that's the lesson for us today. I'm saying to you today to be a part of this church, to be a part of the kingdom of God. When you see people in need, walk towards them, embrace them, affirm them, lift them up. Let them know that you care because you are the representative of Jesus Christ. I want you to look here also uh, at Hebrews 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 15. Talks so much about what we have. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Look, our God walked in our shoes. Our God walked in this world. He knows what it is to be a human being. He knows what it is to be weighed down by temptation, and yet he never sinned. He never fell. And that's your God sitting there at the right hand of the Father who knows everything about you and is empathizing for you. What a tremendous word that is, that God would empathize for us. There's not another religion that I'm aware of where their God empathizes for the human being. You don't see that any other place. It's an extraordinary statement of, of what differentiates Christianity. And so we, we're, we're bowed when we see that characteristic of Jesus Christ. The second characteristic was that Jesus was the ultimate servant. In everything that Jesus did, he served others. He never looked to advance himself. He never was self-centered. Every aspect of his life was about lifting up others and serving others uh, in such an incredible way. Look at Mark chapter 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's the words of Jesus. He didn't come to be served. He didn't come here so that people would bow to him as the king of kings. He bowed before the human species to be their servant, to lift them up, to help them, to abide with them, to walk with them. That's your Jesus. That's your God. There's no other God like this that exhibited that characteristic. And so this is a characteristic that, for me, I really want to focus on this year for myself and for you. I want us all to be servants of God. I want us all to walk as if we are the hands and feet of Jesus. Where is it, Lord? Where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to see? Who can I lift up? Who can I affirm? What do you need from me? What gifts and talents do I have, Lord, that I can put on your throne for the kingdom of God? That 
is the nature of Jesus Christ. And make it your business this year to say, Lord, I will not leave this place without making a commitment to you, Father, that I will be a servant, that I will be the kind of servant that you want me to be, that I will lift you up, that I will go places where I never thought I would go, that I would lift people up who are desperate and need a savior and need love. Uh, and so, Father, I ask you to do that in every possible way. Uh, look further at John uh, chapter 13. And this is an incredible chapter because in this chapter, Jesus will wash the feet of the disciples. And so Jesus goes to the disciples and prepares to wash their feet. And you know the story. Uh, as he prepares to wash their feet, Peter says to him, Oh, no, God, Lord, I'm not worthy to have my feet washed. I'm, let me wash your feet. And Jesus said, no, 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 you cannot wash my feet. Because if you want to be part of the kingdom, I have to wash your feet. God has come to serve you. Uh, and then, of course, being Peter, he says, well, then don't just wash my feet, wash my whole body. You got to love Peter, right? If a little was good, a ton would be even better. Uh, and, of course, Jesus said, no, you're already saved. You're already clean, but you need to have your feet washed where you come into contact, uh, contact with the detritus of walking in this world, the evil of this world. And so that's what, that's what Jesus did there. But there's an incredible couple of verses there that I want to point your attention to. In John 13, verses 14 to 17, look what Jesus said. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Uh, and so very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Oh, Lord, what a message that is to us as he speaks across the centuries. This is the call on your life to wash the feet of each other to serve each other. Even as we are in this church, one of the blessings, great blessings that God has given me as I look at this church, it is amazing to me to see the quality of the people that the Lord has given to us. The generosity of spirit, the generosity of heart. All you have to do is go out in the commons and you see all these tables set up and all these people working to elevate the kingdom of God. They are the servants of God. And you can clap for them. You see, this is what makes a church special. It's not just necessarily having great preaching, all right? It's not necessarily great music, but it's the veritable glue of the people who love the Lord so much that they can't wait to serve him and serve each other and wash the feet of each other. That's the call on our lives. And so that's this year, 2020, as we start this decade, that's what I'm impelling you to do. I'm saying to you, God wants you to make this year special. You've heard these messages before, but here's the difference. You may have heard them before, but now you're going to put them in a practical application. You're going to walk out of here and you're going to commit yourself to being the servant of God. You're going to wash each other's feet. You're going to lift each other up because Jesus Christ left us the example. What a powerful example. Can you imagine that God would come to this world and wash our feet. I defy you to give me another religion that has that. I defy you to give me another book 
that has that. There is no other religion in which God bows to wash the feet of his subjects. That's how much your Jesus loved you. That's how much he loved you. Uh, and, and when you reflect on that, you can't leave this place and be the same as you were when you walked in. You can't do that. You understand that. And so here was Jesus who had the authority to get anything he wanted at any time. And yet what? He bowed in submission to the Father. He bowed in submission to the disciples. He lifted them up. He was teaching them and giving them an example on how to live and how to go out and advance the cause of Christ to the lost. Look, this is how we advance the kingdom of God. We don't advance the kingdom of God by lifting ourselves up and being high and mighty. Who is going to be drawn to that kind of worship that we are so full of ourselves, so high and mighty? But instead, when we bow and submit ourselves and walk in submission and are servants of God, you're a servant looking to serve. That's the kind of action that draws people to the cross. That's when they say these people are different. What's, what are these people like? They're so incredible in such a different way. Uh, I want to be like them. I want you also to look, if you would, at the slide uh, regarding Philippians. Again, one of my very favorite slides. Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Again, talking about who our Jesus is. Quote, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. He considered himself nothing. He didn't look to have equality with God. And let's understand something. He was there in the beginning before there was anything else. There was the Father, there was the Son, and there was the Holy Spirit. And at that, that conference amongst those three, uh, God entities. Uh, I'm sure the subject came up. The world is going to have to be saved. We're going to need a savior because it's going to be filled with sin. And Jesus volunteered to be that savior. That's your God. That's your Jesus. That's how much he loved you. And that's how much God loved his son that he would send his son to be the ultimate sacrifice for us. It's, it's an incredible picture as we see this in such a, a profound way. And now Jesus also had the characteristics of being a loving man, full of love in every possible way. He had an overwhelming love for others. It was this love that allowed him to be compassionate. It was this love that allowed him to be a servant. Uh, and so Jesus claimed that there is no greater love that any man could have than to die for his friend. And that's exactly what your Jesus did for you. He died for you. He had your name written in the palm of his hand when he went to the cross. Uh, and, and so this is clearly love at its finest. This is the greatest expression of love that humanity could ever have. Uh, and let's understand something. This is a love unlike the human love because you know what human love is like. I love you as long as you love me back. 
But all of a sudden, if your love light starts fading towards me, then I don't really love you the same way. But you understand that God loved us and agreed to die on the cross even before we were saved. We were lost, and yet he died on the cross for us even as we were lost. Uh, and so it's, it's astonishing when you see this uh, and understand this. Take a look at Romans 5, verse 8. And we have that slide. And it says as follows, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's love. While you were a sinner, before you came, became saved, before you knew who God was, he died on the cross for you. You can't begin to understand the nature of that kind of love. Uh, it's so profound. Look also uh, at, at 1 John 4, verses 19 uh, to 20. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must love their brother and sister. That's the commitment you need to make today. You need to leave here today making certain that you love your brothers and your sister. You need to leave here knowing that if there's someone who you have offended, that you will go and make it right. You can't start this year with having that sin laid on your back. Because God demands that we love each other. And so, yes, I know it's easy, you know, when you want to love your family. Well, maybe not always. But, but we, generally speaking, when people love us, we can love them back. But what happens to those people who have repudiated you? What happens to those people who have persecuted you? What happens to those people who have uh, said terrible things about you? Can you honestly say that you don't harbor ill will to them? Can you say, well, you need to make that commitment today. You cannot advance in the kingdom of God if you're not filled with the love of Jesus Christ. You cannot. And that's the nature of this message, that that's what God wants us to do. Look also at John 15, uh, verse 9. And as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. I want you to focus on what he just said. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Jesus loves you and me in the same way and manner as God has loved him. This is extraordinary that you are being loved by God the way God himself loved him. What an expression of love. You see, this is the message the world has to know. You see, they think God the Father is harsh. All right. They think Jesus is about rules and regulations and commandments. And yes, we know what's right and we know what's wrong. But the essence of the gospel of Christ is love. It is love in every way. And if you want to advance in the kingdom of God, you have to be filled with love. If this church wants to advance in the kingdom of God, it has to be filled with love in every way. Everything that we do this year has to be compelled and move forward in love in love, the way Jesus loved. And that's the nature of how we're supposed to live this year. Uh, and so when you think about Jesus, I want you to think how great his love is and how the Father 
loved him in the same way that Jesus is loving us also. Jesus also exhibited the characteristic of forgiveness. Forgiveness. Uh, and this is another major characteristic of Jesus Christ. You know, I, I laugh when I hear people say to me, well, uh, I have forgiven so-and-so, but I haven't forgotten. Okay? I haven't forgotten. Here's the thing, folks. When you say that, you really haven't forgiven. You haven't forgiven. And so here you are today in, in a room in which the Holy Spirit is present. Here you are surrounded by people who love you and care for you. You need to make a commitment today, right here, between yourself and the Lord Jesus Christ, that you will forgive those who have hurt you, that you will forgive those who may, may have made you embittered, that you will forgive those who have treated you harshly or lied about you or slandered you, that you will forgive them because once you forgive them, you give them up to God. You understand? You've given them to God. Now it's God's battle. Now it's God's decision. Now it's God's judgment. It's not your judgment. Okay? Because when you live your life like that, when you fail to forgive, all you're doing is drinking rat poison in order to hurt somebody else. All right? And all you're doing is destroying your own life. This, this is important as we advance in the kingdom of God, and we understand this. Look, as you look here, look at the slide in Luke chapter 23, verse 34. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. This is at the cross. For they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Can you imagine? He's at the cross. His mother is there. His disciple John is there. They're looking up as his life is ebbing away. And there they are mocking him, mocking him challenging him to get off the cross. And there is clothing, the little bit of clothing that, it, that he has, and they're gambling for it. And our God, the creator of the universe, says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. So you tell me, the fact that somebody looked cross-eyed at you and you can't forgive them when you compare it to what Jesus did, how's that making you feel right now? You understand? You see the point? You see the point of this message? We want to walk with Christ. We want to live the walk that Christ has. Now, don't think, please, don't think that I am above you, that I've risen to some level that's, that's above you. Well, I do not. I labor every day with these issues. And I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, every once in a while, I open the curtain on my life. It's not a pretty picture often. But I want to give you an example. I've told this story before several years ago. Uh, and it's in February. And you know what Naples is like in February? You can't do anything that you used to do, right? All I wanted to do was go to my regular coffee shop on 5th Avenue and get coffee. It was very simple. So I get in line, but now instead of being like two people away from the register, I'm 15 people back, and I'm sizzling. They have taken my town from me. I can't get near the register, and I'm working my way up, working my way up slowly, slowly, and Jersey John is boiling. The man... All these characteristics that I'm teaching you about and I want you to adopt, they're all going out the window as my flesh is predominating in my life. And I'm getting angrier and angrier and angrier. Uh, and what's worse is the guy in front of me is dressed up into one of those bicycle sausage suits. You know those suits? The ones that I could never get in even when I was nine years old? So here's this skin-tight outfit by a guy who's about 80 years old in this outfit with the bicycle shoes on in front of me, 
All right, and he's, and he's got a list of to order, and I'm fuming. And now just as he's about to turn in the list and order the coffee, one of his compatriots comes running over, also in a sausage suit, and says, hey, Joe, here, put this order in for me also. And it looked like something from the New York Stock Exchange. That did it. You understand? I'd lost it. There was no more self-control, nor more love, no more composure. And so as he put it in and he turned around to look at me, I sucked a deep breath and I got ready to launch a missile. All right? And as I did, he looked at me and he said, John, I just want you to know we love your Bible study. You think the Lord protected me? <laughs> I remembered that line, lead me not into temptation, because I was willingly there to go. But you understand, that's the nature of who we are, okay? So even as I'm preaching to you now, I'm preaching to myself. You understand? We still suffer with the old man, with the flesh, the characteristics that we carry around, all right? But God will deliver you. God will lift you up. God will empower you. You have the Holy Spirit in your life. And so I was chastised and I learned a lesson. Never to speak out again to a guy in a Bible in a bicycle suit. All right? I kept a check on my tongue. It was an important message to understand. All right? But you see that in Jesus, fully forgiving in every way, in every possible way, even on the cross. He never condemned anyone. There is not a single example in Scripture where Jesus condemned anyone. He didn't even condemn Judas Iscariot. You remember what he did at the Lord's Supper. He gave the sop, the most honored part of the meal. He gave it to Judas, all right, as he, thought, as he struggled to have Judas walk away from the sin. Look, Judas didn't have to be the person that, that brought Jesus to justice. God could have done that in any other way, but Judas succumbed to evil, and Jesus tried to forgive him in love. What an example that is, that here's Christ knowing exactly what's going to unfold, and yet he reaches out and loves uh, in such an incredible way. What an example. This is the kind of life I want us all to live this year. This is why I'm giving you this message. This is the promise that God has made you. This is not idle words. I'm not just throwing words out here to titillate you or give you entertainment. I'm giving you words that you're going to live by this year, that you're going to change your life and be committed to walk with Jesus in every way. And then finally, Jesus was committed in all that he did. He never suffered from a lack of commitment. Think about that. Whatever he did, he was all in. And that's the example to us. He wants us to be all in as we advance the kingdom of God. All of his goals, all of his ministries, all of them were fully on the line every day of his life. And he knew, he knew he had to go to the cross. He knew he had to pay the sin for all mankind. And yet he remained committed in every possible way. Uh, and you see this to Jesus. Uh, what, an, what an incredible example that is. Even at Gethsemane. When he is praying to the Lord, saying, God, is there some other way I can make this sacrifice? Is there some other way I can save humanity without that terrible, tortuous death 
on the cross. And yet he said, nevertheless, Lord, your, whatever your will is, that's what I will do. And so you understand this, that it is clear from Scripture that God will empower you to finish the work that he has given us to do. He will be there with you. He will not abandon you. What does that mean? Each and every one of you have been given gifts and talents within the kingdom of God. You don't have the same gifts that I have. I don't have the same talent that you have. But within the kingdom of God, God has displaced and put all of these gifts in this church to advance the kingdom of God. Now, what's your role? Your role is to say, Father, I want to serve you. Father, I want to be committed to you. Father, I want to walk with you every day of my life. Father, I want you to lift me up and strengthen me and empower me so that I can go out and touch the lost, so that I can be with these people that need a touch, Lord. That's what I'm asking you to do every day of my life. Yes, Father, I'm weak. Yes, I'm a man. Yes, I will trip and fall. But, Father, I want to keep my eyes on the cross. I want to look at you and see where you are. I want to lift you up, Lord. And as I do that, I want to lift up the kingdom of God. And so what does it mean? It means to stay strong to the finish. I know some of you are, are somewhat up in age. I, I hesitate to say that in our church because uh, in our church, uh, being young is basically being 80 years old. Uh, and I love that. I love that. I think God has called me. God has called me uh, to address the needs of that population. But here's the thing. I don't care if you're 90. God has called you to work in the kingdom. You understand? Don't tell me I'm too old. Don't tell me you're too weak. I'm telling you flat out, God is expecting you to do work in the kingdom. And in this church, there's any number of avenues where you can serve. All you have to do is see Lori at the volunteer table, whether it's going to hospitals or going to prisons or being involved in small groups. It goes on and on and on. You can be a servant in so many different ways. Make this year a year that's special and stands out. And so next week, we're going to continue part two of this message. And we're going to look at the other character traits of Jesus. He was prayerful. He was gentle. He was patient. He was exhibiting self-control always. And he was humble. He was humble. Uh, and so let us make 2020 special. Let us make this year uh, a special year. Let us step out this year and change the way we have been perceived in the way we walk. Let us walk now committed to the characteristics of Jesus Christ. Let us say, Father, I want to, I want this year to be special. I want to walk with you. I want to be like Jesus. I'm going to walk out this door and I'm not ever going to be the way I was when I walked in. And you're going to help me. You're going to lift me up. You're going to strengthen me. Amen, church. Amen. Let's close in prayer. You can stand, please, as we do the last prayer together. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this message. Lord, I thank you for showing us the characteristics of your son. Father, we are humbled as we see truly what God is. We see the nature of God and understanding how much you loved us and the example of Jesus in every way in, in terms of his servanthood and his loving nature, Father how we want to be like that, how we want to be his hands and feet. And yet we know we're weak, but you've filled us with the Holy Spirit. You've empowered us, Lord. And so consistent with the fruit of the Spirit, we ask you to embolden our lives, empower us. Let us walk out this door 
and change the world in a way it never would expect us to change. Let us draw people to Jesus. Let them see who we are. And just being in our presence as we reflect your love, it draws them to you. Lord, bless our people. Protect them this week and bring them back safely next week to continue the word in every possible way. We put all of this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all.